Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. Lord, you have to come back. Please come back. Please rescue your bride. And I think we've gotten to that point. I want people to get saved desperately, desperately. But man, my prayer is for the bride of Christ to be rescued as well. To be rescued. The world is growing hostile towards the bride. And, and our prayer, I hope, intensifies in such a way where we're like, Lord, rescue your bride. Jesus is coming back soon to rescue his bride. Today, you'll learn from Pastor James's message to stay watchful and hopeful for the Lord's return. We are living in the end days. Sometimes it can be challenging to not become discouraged in doing good. However, Pastor James encourages us to not give up. Know that there's a full victory in the finished work of Jesus Christ. He's going to redeem all things, and he's going to be returning soon. So keep your eyes focused on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Now here's Pastor James in the book of Daniel chapter 9 with today's edition of Bread for the Broken. Jerusalem will be rebuilt with streets and strong defenses despite the perilous times after this period of 62 sets of seven the anointed one will be killed appearing to have accomplished nothing and a ruler will arise whose armies will destroy the city and the temple the end will come with a flood and the war and its miseries are decreed from that time to the very end the ruler will make a treaty with people for a period of one set of seven. But after half this, half this time, he will put an end to the sacrifices and offerings. And as a climax to all his terrible deeds, he will set up a sacrilegious object or the uh, abomination of desecrations that causes desecration until the fate decreed for this defiler is finally poured out on him. There you go, Daniel. I just wanted to make sure you got that, that you understood that, and that you're good to go. And if I was in Daniel's shoes, I'd be like, I'm, I'm sorry. I think you got the wrong room because I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> 70 sets of six sets of this and that and what in the world? And wait, did you just say the Messiah is going to die? Wait, the, the Messiah, the Mashiach, this, the Messiah, he's going to die? And that'd be the point I couldn't get past. I'd be like, no, 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 wait, wait, hold on. But he can't die. Yeah, it says right here, he's, he's going to be killed. He's going to be cut off. So let's look at these numbers. And, and there's, there's a, a few things that are going to be happening here. Just before I move beyond this, I already have moved beyond this, but um, this, when, Daniel, when Gabriel shows up, please note what he says, heaven says about him. Highly esteemed. Otherwise translated, I read it in the New Living Translation. It says, very precious. Um, that's what heaven had to say about Daniel. I might not be too far out there for me to say, well, that's what heaven is saying about you. Highly esteemed. Very precious. Very precious. Amazing. 
That's the first thing Gabriel says to Daniel. Hey, Daniel, um, hey, look, when you first start praying, God sent me here with the message. And uh, I want you to know, number one, you're highly esteemed. He thinks you're very precious. You're like, oh, wow, I've never been called precious before, except for maybe by my grandma. Um, He's like, no, but that's how he feels about you. And oh, yeah, by the way, Christians, brothers and sisters, that's how he feels about you. Highly esteemed. Well, I don't feel that way. Well, praise God, truth goes beyond feelings. So there's that. And then we get back into this, the, uh, the few things that are going to be happening here. He says, the period of 70 sets of seven has been decreed for your people and your holy city to finish their rebellion. Okay, so there's like a list that happens here, uh, about six things. Finish their rebellion, put an end to their sin, atone for their guilt, bring an everlasting uh, righteousness, confirm the prophetic vision, and to anoint, anoint the most holy place, right? So you got six things. And Gabriel's letting Daniel know, all right, hey, look, listen, Daniel. All right, time's, time, the clock is basically about to start, taken down. And here's some things that are going to be happening. And he lists off those, those six things. Now, not all of those things that are listed have been fulfilled yet. We'll go through the list in a second. But the, the, the seven, you know, the, the 70 sets of seven has been decreed, okay? So you have, um, you have here, as he starts throwing out these numbers, seven plus 62 equals the 69. You get the 69 weeks. Um, times seven equals 483 years, right? So basically what Gabriel is telling Daniel is like, listen, there's going to be a decree that's going to happen pretty soon, right? In fact, the next book that we go into on our midweek service um, will probably be Esther. And I know I've already taught through Esther before, but um, this is very apropos to Esther. And what was happening with Esther and the, all the decrees and the time. And I know, I, I know there, she's a part of that. I know also there's a, Ezra's a big part of that. Nehemiah, Nehemiah probably be a, you'd be like, why don't you go to Nehemiah instead of Esther? Well, I want to cover Esther for some reasons, all right? We'll get to Nehemiah probably after Esther. But within that whole time frame. Of, of those guys, a decree is thrown out there by Ahasuerus. Ahasuerus, sounds like a dinosaur, can't say pronounce his name. That guy who decrees that the Jews can go back to Jerusalem and rebuild, and rebuild. Now, technically, there's a handful of dates that have been kicked around concerning when that actually starts. Because this number that gets thrown out there, the 483 years, that's very specific. Because the, from the, the day of the decree that gets thrown out there by Artaxerxes, there you go, uh, from Nehemiah chapter 2, which was the, the dates that I, I mean, there's, there's a few that are out there. I have some resources if you want to dig deeper into some of this stuff. But the date that I kind of went with, with some other guys, is 444 BC is when the decree is, is about then is when the decree is given. So you fast forward 483 years What's interesting about that is you end up on calendar-wise, uh, Nisan, N-I-S-A-N, that's the month, 10 of 33 AD. Well, what happened? What could possibly have happened on Nisan 10th of 33 AD? Oh, I don't know. This little thing called the triumphal entry on that date. Exactly. Jesus the only time in his earthly ministry where he proclaims himself as to be worshipped as the Messiah is on Nisan 10th of 33 AD as he is marching into Jerusalem as the Messiah. The very day 
it was prophesied about. Come on, you can't get better than that. I mean, this, this prophecy has been responsible for so many people getting saved because of its specificness. And if that's even a word, right? Like, because of it's just so precise. You know what else is amazing about this? And I, I discovered this today. Uh, I should have known it because ta- I taught through this book before this one. This is the book of Exodus. Exodus chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, talk about when the spotless lamb was supposed to be brought in. And that, when, is, when does that happen? Oh, Nisan 10th. On the 10th of Nisan is when the spotless lamb is to be prepared for the sacrifice. That would happen four days later. Jesus goes into Jerusalem as the spotless lamb only to be sacrificed four days later. I think God's pretty smart. I think God seems like he's a really smart God. <laughs> Duh, right? I mean, come on, you can't get better than this. This is incredible. Who else can do this stuff? Nobody. I mean, good luck, all you psychics, Notre Dameus, and whoever else, and some R&B singer from the 70s and turned into a psychic or something. I don't even remember what her name is right now, but good luck. Good luck trying to be that specific with world events concerning leaders from other nations, making decrees, and not even just making decrees, but saying, you know what, Nehemiah, you can go. And here's what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to give you a little piece of paper, a little bit of a passport that's going to get you from here to there, and you can take whatever you want with you, and nobody will mess with you. Interesting. And that's what happens. That's what all these these the the times here the seven sets of seven and your translation may say weeks and weeks is a horrible translation horrible translation okay because the hebrew word is not for weeks it's for seven okay so it doesn't mean you throw your bible away but you probably wouldn't be wrong for scratching through weeks and put sevens on there because that's technically the hebrew word I don't know why they said weeks. That just makes it more confusing to me, right? Who already has a hard time with prophecy. But the seven sets a seven, and you got the... So what, what he does is it's basically broken up into like little chunks here. But he's like, look, in this time frame, this year's, the proclamation's going to be made. And then over the course of this many years, it's, it's going to, you know the temple will be rebuilt and, and all these things happen. And then the Messiah is going to show up. And, and these are all some of the, the listings that he has there uh, concerning, you know, the, the command is going to be given to rebuild Jerusalem until the ruler, the anointed one, that's the Messiah comes. Jerusalem will be rebuilt with streets and strong defenses despite the perilous times. So when Nehemiah and all those guys got the decree to go back and rebuild, it was during per- perilous times. They had difficult times trying to rebuild Jerusalem. In fact, it took them much longer than what they thought it was going to because of the difficulties. But this is, Gabriel's telling Daniel, he's like, look, that's what's going to happen. And then it's, it's going to be rebuilt. And then the Messiah, he's going to show up, the anointed one. But here he says, after this period of the 62 sets of seven, that's that time period, the 483 years, the anointed one will be 
cut off, which means he'll be killed. The Messiah will be killed at the hands of the Jews. Put yourself in Daniel's shoes as he's hearing this, appearing to have accomplished nothing, yet we know that he accomplished everything. And it was all part of the plan. It says, and a ruler, so this is, this is different though, and a ruler will arise whose armies will destroy the city and the temple. They already knew this was going to happen. For 40 years leading up to the destruction of the temple, rabbis had already seen this coming. I mean, for 40 years straight, the doors of the temple kept blowing open up at nighttime. And one of the rabbis was like, destruction is coming. So they knew the temple was going to get destroyed. This was no like surprise or secret. And even Jesus, when he rolled into Jerusalem on that day, and he's like, man, of all days, guys, you should, have, you should know this day. You should, not, you should not miss your Messiah on this day. I mean, this is day number 483. And here I am. And you missed it. And here's what's in, in Jesus already knew, man, what's to come is destruction. And it did. The city was sieged. And the Roman soldiers totally obliterated Jerusalem, and they totally obliterated the temple, and they, they knocked over all the stones, and they set it on fire, and the, the gold melted between the stones, and then that's when they broke the stones apart to get to the gold flakes. You go there today, you can still find little bitty gold flakes on the stones, stones that are still knocked over to this day, to this day. The word came true, came true. But then there's a gap. There's a gap that Daniel doesn't know about. He doesn't understand, and we call it the church age. This is where we're living today, but we're at the end of that bubble. We're at the end of that arc, this, this in-between stage that Daniel didn't realize, or didn't know about, at least at this point in time, because what he sees next is literally what's next to come for you and I. He says, the end will come with the flood and war, and its miseries are decreed from that time to the very end. Do we have rumors, wars, and rumors of wars? Yes, we do. Absolutely. Even to this day, the rockets are being fired in the Middle East at American soldiers and troops. North Korea is testing more nuclear weapons, right? Why? Because, well, they just don't like us that much. Uh, Iran hates Israel, and they're working all sorts of partnerships and dealings with their neighbors to what? To blast Israel off the face of the earth. That's their plan. It's going to be their plan until the very end. Other nations are jumping in right along with that, okay? We live in this hostile time. And there's, there's only been 200 years out of thousands of years of peacetime on this planet. And the word says, this is how it's gonna be. Verse 27, the ruler, this ruler who rises up, not the Messiah, a different ruler, will make a treaty with the people, that's the Jews, for a period of one set of seven, right? So seven years, Seven years is he's going to make a treaty with them. But after half this time, three and a half years, he will put an end to the sacrifices and offerings, which means there has to be a temple built. There has to be a temple built in order for sacrifices and offerings to take place. So that has to happen. That does not have to happen before the seven years starts. Okay? Will it? Probably. Will this Antichrist... Strike that peace deal in order for it to be built, it probably has to happen that way, right? I mean, you need somebody who can say, you know what? Because listen, I've been on the dome. I've been by the dome of the rock and all that stuff. I mean, they, it's, 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 uh, you can feel the tension up there. You can feel the pressure up there. But you got to have somebody who can step in, who comes from, 
European descent, which could mean anything, which could mean anything. Doesn't necessarily mean he's, he's an Italian, right? Because that's sometimes what we think. Rome, Italian, that's who he's going to be. No, because technically part of the Roman Empire was, was also uh, Persia in the Middle East. So he will come from Roman descent, so to speak, but he's got to come in with this, like, this smoothness about him and say, all right, so we need, here's the plan. So you can have your Dome of the Rock, which is not even like that high of a priority for Muslims, just so you understand that. That's not their top holy site. It's not. It may be, I think it's like four or five on the list, right? You can have that, but let's give the Jews, because there's plenty of space up there, let's give the Jews this portion to build their temple so they can have sacrifices. So that's going to happen. It's going to happen. I mean, and we, we talk about this all the time. They have everything they need to build the temple today. Today they have it all. Everything. Utensils, all the stuff. The garments for the high priest. They have the high priest lineage people. They've kind of figured some of that stuff out. They have a red heifer, which is also a key part of sacrifices. They have everything they need except the temple. And that's all they're waiting on. So will we see a temple get built before we're raptured up? I'm going to say probably not. Could be wrong. Hope I'm wrong. <laughs> I'm just like, Let, let's just get out of here, Lord. I don't want to stick around. I don't care. I don't care because there's a, there's a better one coming. All right? I don't, I don't care what their plan is. That one that they're going to, the one that they're going to make is, is just a, it's a shell of even the most impressive ones anyways. But this guy comes along and they set it up so they can, and he's like, look, you guys can sacrifice. You can make your offerings. You'll be protected. Peace, peace, peace. You'll have peace until that halfway point when this guy gets this idea of like, you know what? You should be worshiping me because I've done all this for you. I'm the greatest thing on the planet. In fact, I think everybody should worship me. But after half this time, he will put an end to the sacrifices and offerings. He's going he's to squash that. And as a climax to all his terrible deeds, he's going to set up a, the New Living Translation, I think does it right, a sacrilegious object, or maybe the better translation is a horrific idolatry that causes desecration. So a lot of people think, well, isn't this kind of like um, the, the one crazy Ro uh, Roman dude who like sacrificed a pig in the temple? I mean, it's, it's connected to that, but this is totally separate. He will set up an image of himself in the temple and say, all right, everybody gets to bow down and worship this thing. How in the world could everybody across the planet see that thing and bow down and worship it? Oh, oh wait a minute. The modern science and technology tells me they're already working on it. They already have a God, an AI God. You know they're working on that, right? The, the guy has already got like his patent on this, al this alternate or artificial intelligence God. He's already like filed his 501c3 for this as, as a religion and that this AI God will be with you everywhere you go and will know all things and know everything about you and what you think, and everything that you say. He will know all things. Oh, we're not far off from this step at all. What you probably was thinking like, maybe like 30 years ago, you'd be like, how are they going to figure this thing out? Now we're like, I'm in this stupid things with me all the time. And I'm not saying it's your cell phone, because it's not your cell phone, but that's part of the technology. 
this guy's got this idea. He's, he's going to set something up, and you will have to worship. Well, not you, because hopefully you'll be gone, raptured up out of here, right? So, but that's the sacrilegious object that causes the, de- the desecration until the fateful decree for this defiler is finally poured out on him, and he will be done away with, just gone, because Jesus shows up. But all this stuff is like, this is what gets mapped out for, for Daniel and, and for us. And Gabriel's like, all right, dude, um, so you got this many years, and then the decree's going to get made. And then from there, to, from this many years, Messiah's going to show up, and they're going to kill him. They're going to kill him. But then there's this, this gap thing that happens. I don't know what happens in the in-between, but this other guy shows up who appears to be the first guy, but he's not because he demands that everybody worship him instead of God. And then he comes to a ruin at the very end of it all. Daniel, I thought you should know that. You can get back to your prayer now. <laughs> he's like, I did, yeah, I meant to interrupt your prayer, Daniel. Hey, I appreciate that prayer of repentance. That's really sweet. Um, but here's something that's pretty amazing. Go ahead and write this one down, Daniel, because we're going to get real specific. So people, thousands of years down the road in, on a little bitty island in South Texas are going to open up the Bible and be like, are you kidding me? It happened on that exact day. You're right, it did. You're right, it did. The Word of God is trustworthy. The Word of God is reliable. The Word of God is true. And we are at the doorstep of that final seven weeks days, seven sevens, whatever that is. We are on the final part of that, guys. This is it. This is it. Nothing stands in the way. Nothing stands in the way of the time of the church really to be done. So here's what we do. We pray differently. Can we influence when this all happens? Maybe. Maybe. I was listening to a really smart pastor teaching on this. His name is David Guzik. You would know him because most Calvary Chapel pastors steal from his stuff, right? So any, in, anything intelligent that I may ever say during a teaching, you can probably go ahead and attribute that to David Guzik, all right? So I'll give him his props. But I was listening to him, and, and he brought up this point. He's like, listen, as believers, we're supposed to live a certain way so that the Messiah comes back. He's going to come back. But we should be praying a certain way, and we should be living holy lives. Why? Because we want him to come back. Because we want him to come back. The encouragement for us as brothers and sisters, um, as as our hearts long for heaven, absolutely, and our hearts long for our, our loved ones to get saved and all that, we pray differently. And maybe we go boldly into the throne room of grace into the, the Lord's heavenly throne room and say, man, Lord, you've got to come back. See, see what's happening down here. Hear what's happening down here. Lord, you have to come back. Please come back. Please rescue your bride. And I think we've gotten to that point. I want people to get saved desperately, desperately. But man, my prayer is for the bride of Christ to be rescued as well. To be rescued. The world is growing hostile towards the bride. And, and our prayer, I hope, intensifies in such a way where we're like, Lord, rescue your bride. Come back, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Maranatha. Come, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord.
for joining us today on Bread for the Broken. You've been listening to Pastor James Grizzle teach through the book of Daniel, helping us understand all of the fascinating things in this book. Imagine a king being debased to eating grass like a cow and looking like a complete barbarian. It sounds like something straight out of Lord of the Rings. There were many lessons for King Nebuchadnezzar in the book of Daniel, and God used Daniel to speak truth to this king of Babylon. Don't you see that no matter what location you're placed in, God can use it for good, for people to turn their hearts towards Him. We hope that your heart is also turned towards God today. Thanks for taking the time to listen to Bread for the Broken. If there's any way that this ministry has impacted you, would you mind sharing that with us? You can get in touch with us through our contact page at breadforthebroken.com. We'd be so happy to meet you in person too. So if you're in the Galveston area, join us this Sunday or Wednesday for worship and Bible study here at Calvary Galveston. You can find directions, service times, and more by visiting our website, breadforthebroken.com. We hope to see you soon. In the meantime, we encourage you to continue reading on your own in the book of Daniel, as you'll discover so many things that God wants to teach you from Daniel's example. Next time, Pastor James will pick up where he left off and keep covering passages in this Old Testament book right here on Bread for the Broken. Let me paint the picture of you.